right. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. Today we got another special guest. Thank you so much for coming. His name is Michael Angelo Santos Gabat. Yes. I said it properly. You said it properly, man. Nice. It's really confusing. Not you take really. the first half, it's Michelangelo, right? That's all Italian. Santos is the Spanish half, and Gabat, the last, is French. Mm -hmm. It's like a mix, like a United Nations name. You'll never forget it. But you're Filipino. But I'm Filipino, 100%. So basically your name is the colonizers, technically, right? Yeah. 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 But enough of that. <laughs> little intro, just yeah. by the name. Yes. So, fun fact, folks. Uh, I was walking into Lifetime, and there was this giant who just started training and i was like this guy's a trainer at lifetime they're actually advertising people who you want to turn out to be after six to eight weeks mm -hmm. and i was like i know this guy's filipino <laughs> so i started speaking filipino to you yeah and next thing you know it we talked for like a good 20 minutes mm -hmm. like in the middle and then after that that electricity always fired non-stop non-stop whenever we'd meet up I was actually just talking to someone before this. It was like some guardian angel type shit. Yeah. Because you know how a guardian angel isn't really like in your face trying to change shit right away? That's right. But kind of like in the background to remind you, to guide you, so you make your own decision? Dropping hints. I kind of fucking feel that here, bro. Well. So I feel, I feel, I feel good where I'm at. There right is now. a halo above us. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy that you're saying halo above us. Let me tell you something. Please tell me, Mike. Tell me. One of my young, one of my fondest memories when I was younger, and this is a story that my parents tell me, my sister tells, no, not my sister, my sister was younger, my sister knows all about the story too, she was really young at the time. It was probably before I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. We went to this Roman Catholic church gathering mm -hmm. where they do like, like a lot of praying, adoration, mm -hmm. all this stuff. It's like, you know how Filipinos are when of it comes course. to church. You know, they're very, very binded with church mm -hmm. and religion. Yeah. And the second I walked in, my parents tell me the story all the time. A nun there looked at me and mm -hmm. was like, I was maybe 10, maybe younger. And was like, there's something special about this kid. Mm -hmm. We see a halo mm -hmm. on top of his head, which is crazy that you just said that. Yeah. Is it, is it possible that we just keep him? Mm, they wanted to keep you and raise you. Bro, no, uh, yeah. no bullshit. And I'm just bringing that up because you said the whole halo above us. Yeah. And the way that I'm connecting that, I feel like everything connects. Everything happens for a reason. Right? Yeah, man. Electricity, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what it is. Electricity has a starting point and end point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in case uh, for the listeners, Michael Angelo is huge and jacked, pretty ripped. Because just a little. Yeah. He's very... He's we're being, off season right now. He's very, we're looking okay. He's being very modest, guys. We're looking all right. Yeah. Uh, so you're currently an IFBB pro. Yes. International Federation of Body... The same thing that Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do. Yes. So basically, you had to compete in a couple of bodybuilding shows mm -hmm. to, and then get certain placings yeah. to win. It's actually funny how that whole story got brought up, like me getting mm -hmm. into bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Um... I was either 27 or 26, so it was yeah. really like late. Like I'm 31 now, mm -hmm. so I, I wasn't. It wasn't ever an idea in the beginning of my life, bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. But I went to the Arnold Classic, which is like the number two most important show in bodybuilding, behind the Olympia. Yes. And I remember going there, and the the photographer of the Arnold was like, "Oh, when are you competing? Can I take pictures of you?" Ooh. And ever since that was in my mind, mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I got to start competing. How much did you weigh when you first went there compared to now? When I first went there? Yeah, just to spectate. I would say I was probably around 200 pounds. Okay. How tall are you? Six foot. Okay. And I'm like 245 now. Wow. At my heaviest though, I was 300 pounds. What's your body fat percentage now? 15%. Of course. All year round? Oh, I mean, sometimes, like, sometimes we go a little bit higher, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to maintain some sort of consistency or mm -hmm. else your body's not going to know what to do, whether That's to true. hold on to muscle or whether to get rid of it, you know? Yeah. So ever since then, at like 27, I was like, all right, I want to get into bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I also met somebody who I was influenced by, mm -hmm. like really heavily influenced by. And it was such an anticlimactic moment, bro, mm -hmm. where I was like, damn, I don't want to, I don't want it to be like this. Like... I was looking up to this person and I realized when I met him in person, like, um, wow, it was like really cold, like really didn't care so much about the people that were there. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm gonna make a change. So ever since that day, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna do bodybuilding. 
within that year, mm -hmm. I won the New Jersey State Championship. Oh. And then I got second place in a national show, which gave me my pro card. Wow. So in that time frame, like when I get really, really dedicated about something, I'm like really fully invested. Mm. Like, bro, I just go after it like a fucking lightning bolt. That's right. Sometimes it's fast, but there's a starting point and an end point. Mm -hmm. For me, that travel point took a year mm -hmm. and that's all I really needed. Mm -hmm. And that's where I am now. I mean, we're looking to do a pro show next year. Okay. To try to get to the Olympia, which is like the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. But you know, one step at a time. What uh, class do you want to compete in? Classic physique. Classic physique. Classic, bro. Uh, it's all about health. Yeah. Seriously, okay? So like if I did open bodybuilding, mm -hmm. which I can do, right? At my height, you would have to be 300 pounds in the off season. Oh my goodness. That's unhealthy. Yeah. You know, your heart is doing the work of two people. Yeah. You can only imagine, like, if you're just talking statistics, like, wouldn't that cut off half of your life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, I don't want to dive into that more dangerous aspect of bodybuilding. The great thing about classic physique is it's that look, whereas, like, old school Arnold, you know what, when I'm saying this, mm -hmm. you guys should put clips of, like, old school Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> sure, people who are listening are going to right now Google this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, our old school Arnold, like, Frank, or Franco Colombo, you yeah. know? like those people where it's like still aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, they don't look overly bulky. Yeah. And then like they walk at the beach and they're like, wow, that guy looks good. Yeah, because they're also healthy, but lean at the same time. And there's a weight and there's a weight limit. Yeah. Right. This is the problem with bodybuilding now. It's bigger, bigger, bigger. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they made um, even the women's division? Right. They have a mm -hmm. wellness division now. You know, it's because every single division just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. The thing with classic physique is it, it maintains your, your height and your weight and you mm. can't go any heavier than that. Mm. So it's really based off of how you present your body, the aesthetic of your body, not really how big you get, right? Mm. Because there's yeah. a weight cap. So it's really all about symmetry and like what I feel like bodybuilding should be. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be like, holy shit, this is a big motherfucker. Mm. You know what I mean? This is so much muscle. But you know what I mean? Like the thing with bodybuilding is it's an aesthetic that you also want to look like. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is the best body in the world. So people, Not the biggest. People are like, all right, so how do I do that? Just lift heavy weights or take like uh, any types of medication, but it's mainly diet. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. So as much as it is diet mm -hmm. and training, mm -hmm. I promise you, I've learned this in the past year because I had an injury to my bicep, right? Ooh where all I can do is train my legs. Okay. I gained so much muscle naturally mm -hmm. during that time frame, and all I did was triple my sleep. Ooh. I know that sounds crazy. I know people are gonna be like, yo bro, that's not, but listen to me, if, you're, if we're talking science, yeah. the only time your muscles rebuild mm -hmm. is when you're sleeping. Specifically, only a small portion of your sleep you're really deep sleep, Deep sleep, right? yes. That's the only time natural growth hormone secretes throughout your body. Mm. That's the only time. So if you hit that, that's why they say sleep, try to sleep eight hours a day, right? So mm. you hit that multiple times. Mm. That's the only time you're fucking building. Mm. So if you, expedite that, if you expedite that times three times four, mm -hmm. I'm not saying for every individual, yeah. right? But if you do case studies of certain individuals and some people are, might be more genetically prone to building muscle when they're sleeping, mm -hmm. when their natural growth hormone is secreting more, mm -hmm. then yes, it's very possible. Hmm. But for I, I would say for like a person, just somebody who's getting into training, right? Who doesn't have to, you know, the time to really take, you know, find out information about yourself so that yeah. you can build a case study and you can know what things work with your body. Hmm. The three major things is movement, nutrition, regeneration. Hmm. If you can get all three of those down packed, right? Yeah. If you're training correctly, if you're moving correctly, mm -hmm. if you're feeding your body nutrients so that it builds, yeah. and if you're sleeping so that it has time to build, you hit all three of those, no matter what aspect you're gonna get to whatever your goal is, right? Yeah. It's only at times when you don't do the nutrition right or the movement right or the regeneration right, mm. do you start not getting after those goals that you really want. Mm. Um, for some people, though, who are more genetically gifted, genetics is a huge thing, dude. I hate that yeah. people turn a blind eye to genetics. Yeah. Some people are more susceptible to building muscle. Some people have longer uh, muscle fibers, mm -hmm. shorter muscle fibers. Their joint length might be shorter or longer or like, um, you know, the space between the elbow to the shoulder. Mm -hmm. It might be shorter so the bicep looks bigger. There's all these different things, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody who sleeps more might build more muscle but not have to work on nutrition or 
movement as much mm. or somebody who can eat a ton right mm -hmm. people who are who are body types that are more skinnier but can eat a ton mm. they don't have to fucking sleep or work out but you see them eating a lot and they can build you know there are certain people like that too so there are these different you know variations to get to your goal but the safest thing to say as a trainer because we were talking about that right as yeah. a lifetime you know previous lifetime trainer um independent trainer now um, you can't do that with all these new clients because you don't have enough information, right? Mm -hmm. So you just got to go with the broad regeneration, movement, nutrition, all three of them, right? And then you start building a case study. Oh, this person um, works well with food more, right? Mm -hmm. Give them more food or more sleep. Yeah. And that's when you start building a real case study, you know? Mm -hmm. There's no one formula. Obviously, there are things that help. Yeah. There definitely aren't. There's a safe way to do it, always. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but when we're talking about just building muscle, losing weight, those three aspects, they have to be on point. Yeah. It's the same thing if you're like studying for a test. You know mm. what I mean? You have to study the material for every aspect of the test. Mm. Not just the essay portion. You'll fuck with the multiple choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not just the multiple choice yeah. or, the, or the ones that are just like yes or no true. You need to know the, the complex essays. You know what I mean? You need to know it all to pass the test. Or else you just be average in a C plus like everyone else. Do you make money when you do these shows? No bullshit right now, bro. I am making no money and I'm broke. I mean, but when you do the bodybuilding shows. No, man. When it comes to, okay, pro shows, right? Let's say on average, let's say on average, maybe $1,000 if you win first place mm -hmm. and you're going against the best in the world. Um, when you win the Olympia, the, the, the funny thing now about the Arnold, the Arnold Classic, mm -hmm. is um, they just boosted up the first place to 300 grand. Wow. So it's good seeing that aspect coming up, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But in terms of monetary-wise being a pro, bro, it takes a lot. I mean, when I say I'm broke, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking about like, I don't have the expenses that people think that I have being mm. a pro athlete. Mm. Being a pro athlete, I still got to pay for my food. Not only do I have to pay for the $500 a week that normal people usually have, you got to triple that because I have to eat that much. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's all out of pocket. Um, supplementation, all that stuff. People aren't going to give you supplementation and back you and pay for it. Mm. You got to do it for yourself. Because if people are paying for your supplementation, if different companies are paying for your supplementation, something happens to you, guess what? It's on them. It's a million dollar. That's true. You know what I mean? Lawsuit. Yeah. You know, so people don't think about that. Mm. The expenses of going to a show, mm. right? Very rarely do these uh, supplement companies, they have numerous athletes, you know? Mm. Very rarely do they fully pay for the expenses for a show. Mm. If we're doing a show, for example, South Carolina, and I'm paying $1,000 for a round trip to South Carolina, and then I'm paying $1,000 for four nights there, mm. and then I'm also paying the $1,000 registration, yeah. and I'm paying $400 tanning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For some people, that's a $7,000 vacation, when for me, it's a $7,000 I hope that people see the hard work that I put in, mm. not for money, but just so they can appreciate what I am trying to present mm. here, which is, it's not about the money, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's about being able to change lives in a different way. And it's funny that we talk about this when it's not about the money, because that's the biggest thing about the previous job that I had too, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, oh man. It was just really meaningful to me because I made a lot of connections with people, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And um, that's what's the most important to me when it comes to uh, bodybuilding. But now sure. you have no barriers. No barriers, and man. And still with this connection. Yeah. You know? It's no barriers and now more, um, I would say more doors opening to things that I want to do. Yeah. Now you have the time. Now we have we have the time now and this is what we're doing. Yep. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. We've been talking and also about informing this. people about things that they don't even know. Yeah. Right? Holy shit, this guy's a pro athlete. He's probably making a ton of money, bro. I'm telling you, a lot of us are struggling, period. You know who's struggling? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro? Why is Robert De Niro? He's a good-looking guy. No, he's struggling money-wise because... Is he, he really? He has to pay alimony. Oh, man. He pays a lot of alimony. How many, how many, how many girls does he have? He has, he has like, kids and stuff, normal-sized kids, whatever, like, adults. But he has, like, an ex-wife who needs, like, $1.5 a month. I mean, don't quote me on this, but this is what I heard. But it's like, oh my God, maybe move somewhere else. Can you blame him though when he's that good looking? Here's the thing. Let I, me throw that out there though. Anytime I see him. Can you blame him if he's that good looking? Think about it. Yeah. I mean. He's a very good looking guy. 
he's old school Italian, you know? But then on top of that, right, like, anytime I see him in a movie theater, it's just like, oh, he's got to pay that alimony. That's why. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Hollywood's crazy in general. But, that's, but that sounds like you're, like, segueing into, like, a different type of conversation. Yeah. What about this alimony? Yeah. What about it? Is this a problem? Well, Are you worried about this? The thing is, is, like, if someone can get a job, then they can get a job. You know, and they can just pay for their own bills. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think alimony should be where, okay, you were once relying on your spouse to pay your bills and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Here is supplemental income until you can actually find a job and support yourself and support your family. Right. You know, that's what I think it should be. But hey, what do I know? I'm just some random dude that you're listening to right now. <laughs> But here's, I mean, a, here's another thing. All right, you're talking about your connections you made at Lifetime, you know, training kids. Even, even a different corporate, even Equinox, you know yeah. what I mean? Even these different places. Even before I was training, I was actually working at, um, it's called the Children's Home of Easton, which is kind of like a half house for kids right before they go to Juvie. Oh, really? Yeah. I so wait, it's not that. like they go straight to Juvie, it's like before that? Yeah, before that. Like, for example, um, like it's kids that maybe got in trouble with drugs or maybe family members who are like drug addicts. Mm. Or even like a kid seeing a murder of his parent and murdering the, another parent. Hmm. You know, um, it's like right before juvie or right before, you know, we really lose their soul. You know what I mean? They go to this place called the Children's Home of Easton. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of just supposed to be like an example of an exemplary gentleman of what you want them to be mm -hmm. when they get older. And, you know, try to get away from the streets and, you know, get away from the block and all that shit, hustling on the corner, all the stuff that they would tell me. Mm. And that gave me the most satisfaction actually because like even to this day I get messages from, from these kids like, yo, I just got a job here. Mm -hmm. I just got my first girlfriend here. I need How old are these kids? When I was with them, it was between 13 to 17. Oh my God. So some of them are like 25 plus now. Yeah. Some of them passed away. Yeah. A lot of them are back in prison. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. But the basically way. this house is like, it's. It's the community trying to create an example for these young children mm -hmm. to know that it's okay to talk to someone and look at an example and be like that person. Is yeah. that, did I get that right? Because this is the problem, right? Okay, so this is an example of what my day would look like at the Children's Home of Easton. Okay. I come in at 7 a.m., mm -hmm. I wake all the boys up, make sure they all brush their teeth. There's like 20 boys, mm. all from 13 to, 13 to 17. And I'm talking about like, like these are gangbangers, like you know what I mean? Like they, like Northeast Philly, like no bullshit. But they're kids. But they're kids, bro. Yeah. But they're kids, man. So listen to me, so I would do everything. It was like brush your teeth, get the shit done, mm -hmm. make them breakfast. We would go whitewater rafting, like whatever. Shit that they've never thought they've experienced before, right? Mm. Um, really like um, show them that there's somebody there for them. And in those moments, bro, you really capture the true reality of innocence of children, no matter who they are, bro. Mm. If you can give them love and you can give them a free space, like that innocence of being a child mm -hmm. where you're not guarded anymore, it will come out. And only then can, can, can these kids really fully blossom, bro. And that's the way that I feel about it. So was this a government-sponsored kind of uh, It was private. House? Private? Yeah, mm. it was private. Doesn't the government have something like that or that they can sponsor or build? I don't know, man. I know in my area, I know it's not. So it's all private owned. So it, <coughs> they go to this house. Dude, I miss that shit, bro. Like we would go to the fucking cafeteria. Yeah. We would eat the fried chicken together, bro. We would eat all the ribs. Like literally we would spend hours there because that's when we would have the most fun because everybody from different houses would be there. Mm -hmm. So we'd be chilling. And like, it just, damn, yo, if these kids just had it's just all about the environment, you know. I mean, it's all about the environment and where these kids grew up in. Do they and go to juvie right after the house? If they continue on their shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. But if they truly want to change, and then the people see it, they can they go back home. They can go really. Yeah. Wow, it's like a second chance. Yeah, it's literally like a second chance. Wow. And it's it would be me, another employee, but she would always call out. So it would usually only be me mm -hmm. and like fifteen kids. Hmm. So it would be funny, right? So they would get like a dollar or two dollars for like cleaning the rooms or like vacuuming and stuff. So we would go to the dollar store and be me and 15 kids. Mm. We'd be like, what the hell? Listen. The Sometimes it would be me and my, um, my co-worker. Yeah. Right? So me and her would walk in. Uh 
uh-huh. and it would just be 15 kids behind us. And they were like, yo, what is going on and here? And they go straight to the toy or candy section. Oh, they always go to the candy. Yeah. They always do, man. It's yeah. funny, they get candy to trade with other people from different houses. Yeah. They're like, yo, I got Skittles, let me get your Twix. Man, you know, kids at that age, if they learn business, mm-hmm. imagine where they are in like 10, 15, 20 years. But can you imagine that, Moose? Like the appreciation these kids have from mm-hmm. going to a dollar store and getting like a Twix bar. Yeah. When people like us can just go in and get a 12 pack, like it's nothing. We don't even fucking think about it. Well, listen, we, everyone yeah, I mean, in America takes things for granted. Oh, yeah. You know, without a doubt. I feel like I've talked to this about a lot of people. Immigrant mentality is like a huge thing. Uh, people, some people don't want to talk about it, but it's the truth, right? Your parents are from the Philippines. They're from the fucking Philippines. Mm-hmm. I saw my fucking parents fucking cleaning shit. Mm. fucking doing shit that that i would never see any human being ever want to do living in a one bedroom fucking apartment all four of us my sister me my mom my dad living in a one bedroom right mm. one bedroom my my dad's a janitor my mom's cleaning shit as a cna overnight i barely ever saw my mom mm. she was a nurse she was a nurse my dad's a nurse now too they're both nice. nurses now mm. but like when you see that fucking struggle mm. When, okay, first of all, you don't see that struggle growing up, which is crazy. That's true. Cra- that's, 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 that's the most real unconditional love where you are struggling so much, mm. but nobody else knows around you. You don't want Because you, you don't yeah. want to show it. Yeah, you don't want your children to feel bad. Yeah, like you're very fucking empathetic. You're so empathetic that everything's crumbling around you, but no one around you knows. Mm. And you don't realize that growing up until you get older and you realize, holy shit. We were in a fucking one bedroom apartment. Every morning we would just have like these 50 cent spam and Vienna sausage. Mm. But when you're growing up, you're like, yo, this shit's fucking popping. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're waking up every single day. We got eggs, we got Vienna sausage, we got rice. Mm. But when you get older, you're like, holy shit. Mm. My parents really did this. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, I feel like being raised with that mentality is very different Mm. than like, you know what I mean? Like how some people are where it's like, they didn't have to face that type of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like where my dad, where my father grew up in Manila, mm-hmm. right? Think about the most hood, the most dilapidated mm. area here in America mm-hmm. and multiply that by a hundred, bro. Where my father grew up, mm. people made houses out of cardboard boxes. They would go take a shit at the same pond they would go wash their clothes in. Bro, they would go to restaurants at 10 p.m., mm-hmm. go to their garbage, Fine chicken wings that are already eaten, bro. That's why I make a big deal about eating all the chicken, all the, all the yeah, meat out of yeah. chicken wings and shit. Yeah. Even the fucking bone. They would go there, refry it at home, and then spread it amongst the family. And whatever rice was in the trash. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean by immigrant mentality. When you're raised by a man or a female or a man or a, or, or, or a woman, whatever you want to say in this day and age, because you have to be very you know, sensitive now. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But... When you're raised by those type of individuals, it's very different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's only a mentality that I feel like immigrants Mm -hmm. really experience. And when I say immigrant, I don't even mean people who are from not from around here. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about they even feel like immigrants in their own Mm -hmm. home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there are people here that struggle. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they're immigrants of their own fucking home because because they're not taken care of. Mm. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how, that's the type of energy that I was raised on Mm -hmm. so I could have nothing and I'm like good Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying because like I know my dad did it and look what he did with nothing my mom you know what I mean all the shit they did how does that make you feel fucking blessed bro Mm -hmm. like like really really blessed for real and I think that's the reason why I have this energy that whatever that I do you Mm -hmm. see like at the gym or even, you know, online when I'm talking to people in person, when I meet somebody in the grocery store, or even when I'm smiling at someone, like, you know, walking down the block, whatever it is. I think it's because I have, this, I have this addiction where it's like I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. And although I haven't perfected it and I'm human and I will fuck up mm-hmm. majorly, mm-hmm. there is an aspect of love and empathy and compassion and you know, just understanding of my being that I want to spread, spread to other people. And that all starts from family, mm-hmm. from what my parents taught me, from what my sister taught me, mm-hmm. which we kind of strive away from now. The problem with society now is the family aspect, right? Mm. Think about any, any problem. I graduated poli-sci um, um, 
bio, so I love uh, politics too, if you ever want to talk that shit. Mm -hmm. But you think any problem, every problem can be solved if you just said, yeah, if there was better family, it would be good. If there was better, better family connections, it would be better. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at any aspect of everything that's going wrong, I promise you, if there was better family connections, it would be better. But, you know, society is causing us to stray away from those things. Mm -hmm. Like I remember growing up, bro, it was the norm. You go outside, hang out with everyone, you got to be home by six for dinner because we're all eating dinner. Mm -hmm. Now, nobody even eats dinner together. It's kind of crazy. Or if people eat dinner together, they're all looking at screens. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or even me, I catch myself all the time, bro. I'm not even looking at a screen, but I need to have like an eating video in the background so I hear somebody eating next to me. Mm. It's, like we've, it's like we've been... Oh, shit. It's like we've been programmed. We've been tricked to find solace. Mm -hmm in not being by ourselves. Like almost having to rely on other people. Interesting. Bro, that is so facts, man. I mean, everything that we do, it's almost rely, it's almost like a rely, like even the idea of social media. And I know it's kind of counterproductive of what we're talking about, what we're well, doing here, because we're trying to just like expand the idea of thinking, but I'm also not ignorant. You have to do what Joe Rogan does, post and ghost. Just post and ghost? Just post and ghost. You know, I started doing that for like a while now. Yeah. Yeah, you get haters. Haters gonna hate. Mm -hmm. But what can you do? You can't change people's minds. No, you can't. Just keep posting content. Nonstop. Yeah. But tell me this, Mike. You, uh, you grew up in America, right? Yeah. Where in America? East Brunswick, New Jersey. East Brunswick, New yeah. Jersey. Actually, right in front of the, I don't know if it's still there, but the East Brunswick Public Library. Okay. In those apartments right there. I mean, it has to be. It's a public library. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, what's, your, like, what's your future now? Like, what do you see yourself in a year? I have no answer for the trajectory of that lightning strike. Yeah. Except the end point is I say this every single time people ask me this question. But it's the end goal of that lightning strike is that I'm in front of thousands of people mm -hmm. talking like this. Yeah. Going deeper than this, obviously, because this is our first time doing this, so hey, we're still... You gotta inspire and start from the beginning. Dude, that's all I wanna yeah. do, man. And I feel like I have that, like, that, that ability to connect. You do. Where then people can be their full, true selves, and that's mm -hmm. the only way we can ever get anywhere. Because if we try to get somewhere with how we are now, we're like, we're not even, you know, everyone's hiding behind a veil. Yeah, most people don't even have a conversation anymore. Most people don't even have a conversation. You know, when you ask them a question, they want to just answer it quick and then be done with it, too. Mm -hmm. Also, most people don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation that needs to be... You see, like, we now live in, and tell me what you feel about this afterwards, but, like, we live in a society now and a time in this amazing planet's life is that... Everyone reacts mm -hmm. to every single thing. Everything. Everyone has an ego. Mm -hmm. If, for example... Everybody can get blacklisted. Yeah. Hey, you could be canceled for anything. You can get right? canceled for anything. Listen, how I believe You can it. get canceled for saying something that a lot of people are, are thinking about. Of but course. they don't have the balls to But say. here's the thing, right? Like, with that aspect, I have a belief. I'm not going to tell everyone my belief, mm -hmm. right? But I respect other people's beliefs. Mm -hmm. Now, if, for example... A white dude wears Asian clothing, right? Like Chinese clothing and a mm -hmm. hat and everything. I'm not going to feel offended. Because nah, bro. that's the guy's prerogative to wear a different culture's clothing because he sees it's, like, very nice. I feel like the way that a lot of Asians view it, like, let's say K-pop culture, right? Yeah. Like, let's say if I saw more people, like, hooking on to that vibe that are Americans, I'm like, yo, that's dope. Yeah. I wouldn't even be hating. I'd be like, yo, that's cool. Yeah, yo, keep rocking that it's anime type spreading. shit. Stop, keep rocking yeah. that type of vibe. Like, yeah. It's spreading the culture. It's yeah. spreading positivity. It's educating people who at one time in their life didn't understand Hell it. Hell yeah. You know? Oh, bro, if people have an issue with that, then, then we're going the wrong way. Listen, I want black people. I want white people, yellow mm. people, purple people. I mm. want all them wearing Filipino shit. What? Yeah. And that would never be an issue. That would never be an issue. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, you know, in the end, I mean, like, some people, it's not like they're doing it to make fun of you, yeah, right? Yeah, they're yeah. doing it because they're truly and genuinely wanting to understand, and they think it's cool. But then in this day and age, too, you don't know who's trolling you and who isn't. So it's kind of hard. Well, you know what? It's, it's kind of hard what we've, what, 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 what I believe, we've been conditioned to think and believe. Right? What I believe in, Mike, right, is, like, if you believe in something and 
and you want to troll someone, you tell them straightforward, listen, I want to troll you because I think it's funny. And usually those people that I troll are friends. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah, all the time. Why would I do it to someone I don't know? Yeah, exactly. You know? Because I'm just spreading hate. Yeah. But if you're trolling with friends, bro. Listen, I grew up, do. right, during 9-11, middle school. Mm. Yeah, middle school, right? And I then afterwards, that, I realized that, oh, crap, I'm actually brown. <laughs> Before I thought I was just one of the regular kids, you know. That's so funny that you're kids saying that. Kids don't know dude. color. Kids don't no, know color. Not at all. Even like, even like when I was younger, people wouldn't be, be making fun of my ethnicity. I never thought anything of it mm -hmm. until I started getting older and realizing, wow, this is actually some fucked up shit. Yeah. But like as a child, like I said, like that innocence, right? Mm -hmm. That innocence that a child has, like they don't know to differentiate they between don't. what's no. bad and what's good unless it's taught to them. The importance of family, the importance of a foundation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, foundation is important. Structure is important. Positivity, patience mm -hmm. more than everything is important when mm -hmm. it comes to a group of friends, family. Bodybuilding. Yeah. But, you know, patience. Bodybuilding mm -hmm. and patience go hand in hand. Hand too. in hand. Everyone wants the quick fix right away. Mm -hmm. You can get the quick fix, but you're going to die quick. Yep. You know what I mean? It's if your you body. want a quick fix, you're going to die quick. It's your body. If you want to do it slowly in the right way, you're going to die slowly the right way. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really not that difficult. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, there's always the right and a wrong way to do it when it comes to it. And I'm telling you, like, the longer that you take. Like, for me, I wait until I was 26, 27 to even start really bodybuilding. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Some people, some of these kids, like they be starting so early, which is good. Yeah. But I, I want to be that, you know, that voice in their head that that helps guide them the right way. Like what I was doing at the previous job that I, yeah. or even like my whole life, even yeah. before when I was working at the children's home. You know what I mean? I mean, like most people, like you said earlier, talking about sleep, people don't understand when they're going to the gym, they're mm -hmm. breaking down their muscle. Yeah, man. Right. And then, like you said, when does your muscle get bigger or grow? when you sleep mm -hmm. people don't understand and that. making sure you're eating too yeah eating is important the gym is very it's like a paradox it makes no sense because what we're doing in the gym for example you're squatting right mm -hmm. what you're really doing is you're tearing muscle tissue mm -hmm. but you want to get to the point right before you get injured because you want to tear just as much tissue as you can while to you're in the failure. gym. failure. Yeah, it's a failure. Mm -hmm. You want to get to that point so that when you go home and when you eat and when you sleep, right, there's more muscle to repair so it's bigger. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's important to really push yourself in the gym. But it's also important to know your body. Like I said, it's like a case study. It's like a scientific case study, like what you do in school, bro. Like when you, when you learn about like the genus or, the, or whatever, the phylum of, of a plant, and you learn about that plant, and you, and you learn all, everything about it, the photosynthesis, chloroplast, everything, the, inter, the same exact thing as the human body, right? Mm. That's the same exact thing. So with the growing, I really think it's a mix of trying to get to that point right before you're getting injured so you're tearing enough tissue mm -hmm. and then regenerating and eating correctly. Mm. Because if you're not getting to that point, you're just tearing to your base. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're only tearing to what you're capable of. If you just continue doing it, you're not gonna change. You're not causing enough trauma to the muscle for it to want to grow and be bigger, mm. you know? So it's really important to go to failure mm. in a smart way, knowing your body. Yeah. Because if you're just doing four sets of 10, three sets of 10, Right, and you're just consistently doing that, and your body's capable, and you're not pushing it past. Mm. Why would it need to grow past what it's already capable of? Mm. Your muscle's already capable of doing it, so why would your muscle say, "Let's grow bigger" when it can already do it? Yeah. There you go. There's the simplest way. Right. Mm. You have to overload the muscle so it thinks, "Okay, we got to grow bigger for next time." Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's like, yeah. yeah, there's like the simplest way to do it. You know what I mean? To think about it at least. Back to your dad and your mom. Yeah. Oh boy, those two. When did you realize that when you, when did you realize that this is not going to be an easy life when you were with your parents and you saw them work and everything? I never realized, dude. Like when did you actually first feel bad for what they did and wanting to retire them instantly? We were already in our brand new house mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I caught my mom crying in the kitchen mm. because all of our power was gonna go out. Mm. 
And then I talked to my dad and I talked to my mom more. And I realized that this wasn't the first time. Mm. Like this was like almost our whole life. Mm. You know what I mean? And knowing that, and then also knowing that in that time frame when my parents had nothing, mm-hmm. like if my aunt had a heart problem, right? She needed heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Knowing what I know now and knowing that my parents gave X amount of money to do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. like little things like that, even when we had nothing, bro. Like when I said I, I had no idea, um, it really puts things into perspective. Mm. And so, so once I saw that for the first time, and then I started asking my mom, my dad, and, you know, and starting putting pieces together, I realized, wow, this was something that was consistently happening, but it was almost hidden to, like, hide us from, you know, any pain or any suffering. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until that moment and then I started getting older and older, I realized, wow, there is so much more that goes into raising two human beings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, seeing the way that my parents did it, then I, I'm so appreciative, bro. Like, mm. I'm so appreciative that, like, I want to be that person, mm. you know, for so many people, mm. whether it's an emotional support, you know what I mean? Mm. Or just like even mentally, or I feel like that's the most important because without that stability, you know, I feel like I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, they can't get that stability because they don't have that feeling of family. Mm-hmm. But then you can talk to a lot of the kids that I talked to in my previous jobs and they'll tell you right away, that's big bro. Hmm. You know what I mean? That is big bro. Like mm-hmm. these kids talk to me about stuff that they would never talk to with their other brother, with their brothers or with their dads. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They text me during the day, you know, asking what's up. Like, like mm-hmm. literally like, like things that I feel like should be open more in a family setting. But yeah. It's not so much so. Yeah, I mean, like, children you know? need to be comfortable with their parents and their siblings to, like, talk about yeah. things, whether it bothers them or not. But we're taught not to, man. Specifically men. We're oh, almost taught to Don't get me started on men. We can get started on that, I'm telling you. We, 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 we can, but I'm telling you, that's the thing, right? It's mm. like, um, I feel like... I feel like a lot of men have given a chance of, like, being fully open about themselves and being vulnerable well here's the thing right but then it's just taken for granted and it doesn't have to be from a female it could just be from a family member or something and as a man you know once we try something and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work Mm -hmm. we don't you know we 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 just fucking like hide okay so like for example Mm. the first time you ever really open yourself up to someone it could be your family member it could be anyone right Mm mm-hmm do you ever, you, you ever feel that feeling when that person, like, doesn't feel really accept who you are? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of people go through that moment, and the thing with, 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 with men is once we feel that moment, we don't want to open up to it again. Right? Because we tried it, it failed, we mm. don't want to fail again. We're taught to be men. We're yes. taught from a very young age, is like, don't cry, be hard. Mm-hmm. Be strong. Oh, be hard as fuck all the time. Yeah, you know, and don't... <laughs> tell you one thing like once i don't even remember why i cried to my dad for something yeah and he felt so bad you can you can hear in his voice mm-hmm. the only thing that he was taught to was he told me don't cry you're a man yeah he's like don't cry yeah mainly because he didn't want to cry yeah there you go that's what i'm saying but then that clicked in my head i was like okay i'm gonna stop now because he's literally asking me to just stop crying but he didn't know how to express it Mm-hmm. You know, as men, we're taught to provide, and it's our duty yes. to provide. Yes, Listen, absolutely. Like you have, all right. So a girl talks about meeting you, right, yeah. to her friends. Yeah. What's her friends gonna ask her? What does he do for work? Exactly. Right. How does he provide? Yeah. What does he look like? Yeah. Can he protect you? Yeah. Is he big and strong? Yeah. Can he protect you if somebody yeah. came out and fucking like That's tried right. to hit on you or something, right? You know. And. And uh, I will tell you, as a man. Mm-hmm. I think I can speak very, very, like, for the general population of, male, of, of, of men. Okay. When I say that the biggest thing we look for in a partner is somebody who allows us to be that other side that we mm-hmm. might be hiding now because yeah. somebody else took it for granted, whether a father or somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like only then can a man really strive and be his best and then be the best provider. 
And it's funny because like, at least for me, I don't know about you, like that emotional support, I mean, that's enough for me, but like true emotional support, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like for, 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 for men, that's mainly the main thing. We're not looking for money from girls. Yeah. That's what we've been taught. I mean, right? even though it's a place. We're not looking for girls to protect us when somebody hits us. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, these are very, very general questions that I feel like if women just asked men or men asked women, we would have a better understanding of what we're looking for mm -hmm. in each partner and it would work better, mm. you know? It's like the things that we have been closing off the most mm -hmm. is what we want in a partner. And at least for me, it's that emotional aspect because everything else I've been taught and I can take mm -hmm. care of myself, you know? No, you're 100% right, Mike. I mean, for the general senses as a man, is you want a partner where they can deal with you when you're hard mm -hmm. and then deal with you when you need someone to really hold you yeah and make sure yo for at real, your most man. vulnerable at your most vulnerable like i'm talking about like some kid type shit you're rolled yeah. up in a fucking ball mm -hmm. and you're okay with your girl holding you patting you in the head yeah. like hell yeah mm -hmm. like we're never gonna fucking full-blown say that but that shit feels good you know why because we never get it listen when you're with your boys right yeah. you're always joshing around messing around yeah punch each other in the arms and stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. but then when someone feels like disrespected or someone feels like that was kind of off what are they gonna do they're gonna flare up right away yeah they're like dude don't talk to me like that mm -hmm. right away react no right. one takes Always 10 seconds yeah no one takes 10 seconds mm -hmm. but in a supportive relationship from my experience is like you go home right first thing my wife asks is like did you eat something mm -hmm. right because you, all important stuff yeah, man. you don't yeah. want to react or be upset on an empty stomach yeah right? yeah <laughs> think about it think okay you know yeah. some people are gonna say dude this sounds like some dickhead shit but listen to me yeah we're just talking biology yeah right we've been working all day our glycogen is low mm. bro okay fine you want to you want to you want to talk about all this male female men women shit mm -hmm. fine i will give you science behind it to back it up yeah yes bro we're gonna be very very irritated if our glycogen low uh, levels are low we're working all day we haven't eaten yet mm -hmm. uh, you know we're gonna be very irritated our hormones are off balance all this shit give us something to eat i promise you i'm not even i'm not even gonna lie to you like i, I mean, feel so much better just remember this though like some women are gonna listen to this or some men are gonna listen to this but oh so i have to feed you when you come home from work I'm no. not saying you have to feed me, but you know what? I do want to be with a woman who thinks about that idea. Mm -hmm. All right, That's fine. You don't have to cook for me every single night. No, it's not what I'm asking for. You know what I mean? Even a simple, hey, how was your day? Yeah. Goes a long, long way. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. That just shows that someone cares. And then your reaction, my day was fine. How was your day? And then look, look at what you're asking for, right? All you're asking for is simple, how was your day? Yeah. Which is a emotional component right mm -hmm. that's all we're fucking looking for Someone a woman who can fucking release the fucking what is that called straight jacket yeah basically stress of the whole day of the whole day and of your life and allow you to be just fucking free mm -hmm. that's the most important thing well that's actually a big topic we're gonna have to do a fucking podcast on that we have to do just another that, one. just that yeah. whole aspect maybe bring some like like two women on board and then two men and just like have a debate about these different things because i'm telling you right now that's when i get my own studio <laughs> bro i'm telling you right now this debate bro mm -hmm. i can argue this with science yeah and make it make sense and people will will, will not i mean bi it. biologically men's brain is totally different than women's brain when it comes to thinking women they like to make sure everything is covered and taken care of mm -hmm. right yeah whereas men we're just like all right point if it a, works point it works b. yeah if it doesn't work we'll try something else yeah Okay, so here's, okay, so here we go. Biology, mm -hmm. right? Man and woman. People always have this misconception about like, uh, okay, listen to me. A man is comprised of a lot of testosterone. Mm -hmm. A woman is comprised of a lot of estrogen. Mm -hmm. There are certain biological effects that come from being supplied with a bunch of testosterone and with a bunch of estrogen. Mm -hmm. You cannot deny this. Yeah. This is period. This is 1000%. Mm -hmm. One with a lot of testosterone will be stronger, faster, all this stuff, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The with more estrogen is going to be more emotionally based, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because there's more water in their system, their estrogen, mm -hmm. right? Estrogen, you're going to retain more water, yeah. right? You're going to retain more water, your hormones are going to be off balance. Emotionally, mentally, you're going to be off. It's going to be different because your hormones are not, they're always wacky, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's very, very different. There are a lot of different 
things that very much so define a man being a man mm. and a woman being a woman. Mm. And that's biology. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all biology. And that's why I would love to have that conversation. I mean, in the end, right? So we don't get canceled. Like, we're just talking science-based. Science, bro. Everything that I will talk about, whatever aspect when it comes to this conversation, it will be based on science. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I've said so far is mm -hmm. somebody with a lot of testosterone, mm -hmm. somebody with a lot of estrogen, mm -hmm. this is, you cannot deny this. Mm -hmm. The one with a lot of testosterone will be faster, stronger, um, more fluid joints, mm -hmm. um, a lot more, um, a lot more muscle, bro. It's just science. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the one with estrogen is gonna have more water, mm. more fat. Mm. I'm not saying. I'm just saying science. Yeah. That's why female women are technically more higher body fat than men are in terms of the spectrum of body fat percentage and mm. you know doctors and all that stuff. Mm. So whatever we talk about, that, it's always gonna be science based. Yes. Mm. It's never gonna just be like a thought. And it's like, oh, you got to think about it this way. No, because I want, because whenever I, I, I take, I like being mediator and I love having everyone understand. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like even somebody who's like, a, like a Roman Catholic or like a Catholic mm. or like somebody who's like, um, who believes in absolute agnostic or whatever, mm. right? Having them sit in the table, I promise you, mm. we can find middle ground. Of course. You know why? I mean, it's right when you get to the table, there's already middle ground that everyone sees is middle ground with moose oh that'd be another good series but i'm saying like when middle ground with moose see when bro you get two parties that completely don't fucking agree yeah and we just sit down and talk for an hour and let's figure some shit out the most extreme the most extreme republican the most extreme democrat mm. fucking the vegan the one who eats meat well, we'd have to start slow first and light. And okay, then, then we're gonna then, start with Kim Jong-un here. <laughs> and then who's our president? Joe Biden here. Yeah. We're getting it done. No, I mean, that's- I like that idea, bro. Just, see, every person that comes to the table, they always forget one thing, that we're all human. Mm. We're all the same human beings. One is not better than the other. Mm -hmm. You know, we all think, we all have brains, we all have, 10 fingers and 10 toes, hopefully. But my point is that like we're human beings and we got to where we are for a reason. We believe certain things for a reason. It's yeah. how we're the race, how we're born. Mm -hmm. And this life is too short and we only have one world and one life to fight each other, to just make each other enemies. Let's just be neighbors and work with each other and all be happy and respect each other, mm -hmm. right? Okay, and this is what I have to say about that. Mm -hmm. fucking beautiful but a lot of people will just listen to that and be like oh yeah whatever i've heard that so let me make it make sense mm -hmm. let me make it make sense so it doesn't sound generic and just like oh love each other love your neighbor let me make it make sense that's what i do let's right? make it sense right now before we leave so that way people can walk away from this conversation with something really good this is the one that i want you to walk away from we are all different colors different races, different religions, different political stances, different likes. Some people like Filipino food. Mm. Some people hate Italian food. All these different things, but I will tell you right now, okay? <clears throat> it doesn't matter what subset you're in. Mm. Whatever subset you are in, that subset tells you, love everyone in that subset. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're a highly Republican, okay, love all the Republicans, love the party. It's tribal. If you're uh, Jewish, love a lot of Jew Jewish people, right? Mm. Okay, when you look at it in the broad sense, fuck, that's a big problem, mm -hmm. right? But let's look at it even broader mm. because we can't, in this broad sense, we can't dissect it. What is everyone looking for in common? Mm. Tell me. Whether you believe in God, everyone in that subset says, love god whether it's um whether it's fucking jewish people right love these type of people even if it's selfishly even the religions that are like fuck every other religion love our religion everyone else is the devil because there are religions like that mm -hmm. yeah what does it still center around mm -hmm. love mm. right doesn't matter
Even the Republicans or the Democrats that are so fucking extreme and say, fuck the other party just because of the color of the party, mm. right? They're taught to love their color and their party. So at the end of the day, there is something that we all have in common, bro. Mm. But you know what I mean? But we're taught to like, to like, you know, express it in a very minute sense. Mm. But it's still the same. We're all looking for the same shit. Mm -hmm. We're all looking for love, bro. Whether it's the agnostics who just love the agnostics, or it's the straight earthers who just love the straight earthers, or whether it's the people who believe that the moon landing never happened, and they're just like, oh, no, we only believe that, mm. right? We're always just taught to love that group. So no matter what, no matter what religion you're in, no matter what you believe, no matter what your thoughts are, right? Mm -hmm. We're all looking for love. So we start there. Mm -hmm. And we start building from there. Because mm -hmm. if we start building these little subsets, it's just going to further drive us away from the main goal. Mm. You find the main thing that connects people and then you make lightning mm -hmm. from there. Because mm -hmm. if you do lightning from these separate, it's going to be too much of a storm. Mm. Thanks, Mike, for coming on. That was really good. I really appreciate it, man. I I'm really, really enjoyed it. I'm happy myself. you had time for this. Bro, we're going to do this again. We're definitely Seriously, this, this was again. amazing, bro. Yeah. For this sure. is just a start, a little intro. This is the beginning. Just the beginning. Moving mountains with moose. Or oh, that's another more that's sides another. with moose. Yeah. Mongoose with moose. I don't know. We'll get we'll do it while we're like riding a mongoose. We'll keep these on. I love mongoose. You remember mongoose scooters yes, from when we were younger, bro? You do the flip. Razors and everything. Oh. Yeah. Put that in the end, like a little mongoose flip. Yeah. So they can see what we're talking about. I'm sure people listening is just gonna Google almost everything that we're talking about right now. <laughs> you know? Like, how old are these guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll keep that a secret. Yeah. All right, Mike. Appreciate I appreciate you bro. you, bro. We'll do this again. For sure. Yeah, man. Thanks for, for coming sure. out. Absolutely, bro. Yeah. I appreciate you. For sure. It's all love always. Doses, y'all. This shit was fun, bro. Appreciate you. That's awesome. Love. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll talk to you in the next one.